Amen. Thank you. And you can be seated. Well, this morning we're starting a brand new sermon series entitled Kirby Summer at the Movies for three weeks, kind of leading up to Vacation Bible School. We're going to just kind of take a look at different movies. And before we do, I just kind of want to tell you where I was at last week. Last week I was in the state of Oklahoma preaching an out, in an outdoor pavilion at, with a heat index of 114. I love Michigan. But I'm telling you, this was just one night. They had over 700 teenagers uh, at this camp. We had scores and scores and scores of kids accept Christ as their Savior for the very first time. We had men, we had young guys, yeah. We had guys answer the call to ministry. And literally, uh, these are their estimates, and they're trying to get the numbers and stuff. But they think that over 400 of the 700 kids made some kind of a decision for Christ. It was an incredible, incredible week. And so uh, I was really, thank you for allowing me to go. It was just exciting to be there. Uh, the, the little orange bubble there, that's me in the, in the middle. And, and that's probably 100, 120 kids around the altar. That, that So that was through Friday morning. It ended. And then I got a chance to spend about a one full day, 24-hour cycle, with my granddaughter, Emma Kate. We took her to the movie Finding Dory. And she's excited to find Dory, you know. And she was real more excited about the candy that was there. And just in case you don't know what Dory is, and Don, for the sake of time, we're going to skip the video clip, okay? Um, for in case you don't know what the movie is about, it's supposedly one year after the movie Finding Nemo instead of the 15 years or so that it's been. But Dory is trying, she starts to remember things. She suffers from short-term memory loss, and she's trying to, she's starting to remember things, and she's starting to remember family. And here's this bluefin fish that has lost her way and all of a sudden she's starting to remember family and so through a series of adventures and wild events and some some things that her parents poured into her when she was just a little child she started putting things together to help find her way back home so today's lesson instead of finding Dory is finding family because I'm convinced that somewhere in the course of your parenting your children are going to lose their way culture is so strong culture is so resonant with just sin and just options man and opportunities to go away from God that you and I as parents as grandparents we need to be actively laying down ground landmarks. I was about to say ground mines. That's not the right word. We're supposed to put down landmarks. Now I wanted to say landmines. Now we're to put down landmarks to help our children find their way back home. And I want to just give you three. And these are three that you can do today. You can do tomorrow. You can do the next day. You can do the next day after that. All right? And so that's the idea. Finding family is what we're talking about dads being the dads that God has called us to be, mom being the moms that God has called us to be so that when our children lose their way or when our children are confronted with the decision, they'll have some landmarks to kind of guide them by. All right? That's the idea. The first landmark I want to throw out to you this morning is the landmark of heritage. It's the landmark of a spiritual heritage. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15, it says... And from childhood, you have been acquainted 
with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise unto salvation. Paul is writing to Timothy. Timothy is his protege. Timothy had a very godly mother and a very godly grandmother. By the way, I wish I could find a father in the Bible to say, guys, here it is, follow this example. But for three weeks I have been perusing the scriptures, trying to find a guy that we could just kind of lift some principles from. And unfortunately, there's more bad fathers in the Bible than there are good. In fact, you could really only find, except for God the Father, a couple of guys who even come close to being a good father. Plenty of great mothers. Few good fathers. And so here it wasn't a father at all. It was Eunice and and the, her, grand, her mom, the child's mom, Timothy's mom and grandma, who put the scriptures in his heart, who helped him to... to mem- now, the scripture that he knew was the Old Testament. That was Timothy's scripture, and certainly some of the teachings and sayings of Christ at this time were being formulated and, and written down. But what she's, Paul is primarily talking about is the Old Testament. He said, and from the childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, the Old Testaments, the, the law and the stories of Moses and Joshua and the exploits of David and, and the three Hebrew children and Nehemiah and Esther and just great men and women of faith and they know the story. And what did that do? It made him wise unto salvation so that when it came time to make a choice of where he would put his faith, where he would decide to stand, he would decide to stand on the side of faith. Now, I just want to tell you that we need to be putting in to our children the word of God Almighty. Amen? Most of our children know our favorite sports teams. Amen? Most of our, most of our children know our, our, our favorite meals. Most of our children know where, why, what sport we like the best. And we talk about these things. So we taught them how to swing a bat and throw a ball and swing a golf club and to catch a football. We've taught them all of these things that they know. And yet when it comes to teaching them the spiritual heritage, the spiritual truth of God's word, we remain tremendously silent on that front. I have so many wonderful memories of my father, and most of you know my father doesn't have any wonderful memories of me, not because I wasn't a wonderful child, but my dad suffers from Alzheimer's. And every Saturday, every Saturday afternoon, seems like it was around 5 or 6 o'clock, when all the neighborhood was playing in my backyard, everybody was there. My dad would holler for us. We'd have to come in the house, and we would sit in two gold chairs. My brother would sit in one chair, I'd sit in the other chair, and we'd have to read our Sunday school lesson for the next day, for church the next day, before we could go back out and play. It was incredible. Dad, we're right in the middle. Read. Dad, you don't understand, man. This is a great read. Dad, come on. My buddies are up. Read. And the only way to get out of the chair and back on the field was to read. Man, my, my dad was just like big on that if you were to open his Bible. I, I take notes and I learned to take notes from watching my father take notes during messages. 
He underlines in his Bible. I underline in mine. He writes little notes off to the side. I write little notes off to mine. It's amazing how much you pick up when you're intentional about leaving behind a spiritual heritage. And so I would just challenge us to be more intentional about this spiritual heritage. And let me give you three things to be, uh, to be intentional about. Be intentional about your faithfulness. I've told you all the time, I tell you this a lot, because this is an absolutely true story. If my older brother was here, he would tell you this to be true. But my, the Trimbles were always at church. My family was always at church. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, we were always, always at church. And whenever my dad thought there was church and there wasn't church, we would still show up for church just in case there was church. I mean, we were just always there. And so it's this idea of faithfulness to God's house and to God's business. And to one of the greatest memories I have is helping build Eastmont Free Will Baptist Church. And I would have, rest, I would have school, then I'd have wrestling practice, and then we would come home and eat real quick. And then off we would go, night after night, all day Saturday. And my job was to carry sheetrock. I wanted the hammer. No, my dad would say. I get to carry sheetrock. He would say, you're doing what nobody else could do here. Carry the sheetrock. And he was right because everybody else was too old. They had a heart attack and died. But that was my job. Carry the sheetrock. Wonderful memories of faithfulness. My dad was the, the church clerk and the church treasurer. I, I, I learned writing checks by watching my dad write his tithe every Sunday. As a child, I would watch him do that and just figure it out. That's how you write checks. I'm just telling you, faithfulness, faithfulness, faithfulness. The second thing we got to just kind of have is that spiritual heritage is God's word. Man, we ought to be telling our children about the day we got saved regularly. When it's not a church opportunity. When it's just there and you're sharing your story of faith or you're just sharing something happened maybe you went to church camp maybe you went to a retreat maybe it was just god spoke to your heart during a your devotion or your bible study you just kind of wanted to share with the family man talking about jesus christ and faith ought to be just as natural as talking about that team up north or the weather or what you're going to eat tonight in the scriptures and then praying for our children if I could rewind and go back and redo parenting, I think I would do two things different. Instead of because I'm the pastor and coming to church and doing my Bible study and my devotions and that kind of thing, and most of the time I would do it here, first thing in the morning when I got here, and so on, and, and spend my prayer time here, I think I would have done it more at the house so my boys could have seen that more. Listen, dads, I think one of the greatest memories you're children can ever have is to see you down on your knees in prayer my mom and dad always kept the bedroom door shut for obvious reasons when you're a child growing up but I was quite a few times I could peek in and see dad pray matter of fact my dad has Alzheimer's and he'll still get down on his knees in the posture of prayer. Does he remember God? I don't know. Does he know he's praying to God? I don't know. But that habit of faithfulness still resonates in him. And it still speaks to me today. 
So we want to leave this spiritual heritage for our children, and that's just three, but we got to be intentional about it. You just can't assume it's going to happen because you're bringing your child to church. You've got to be intentional about what you want to accomplish in your your child's life. The second thing I just kind of want to throw out to you, the second landmark, is the landmark of priorities. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. He said, the starting point is seeking the kingdom of God. The starting point is pursuing Jesus Christ. The starting point is not self-interest, but it's Christ's interest. And that's what we as moms and dads have to keep in front of our children. That needs to be one of the landmarks we need to just kind of lay down to help our children find their way back is this right priority. And the first priority is not to have fun. Man. I don't understand you want to be a fun, cool parent. Paying bills isn't fun, amen? Shoot, we go through a lot of things that aren't fun that you got to do. But here's the deal. You seek Christ first. Teach that priority of seeking Jesus Christ first in all that you do. The Bible says trust in the Lord with all your heart. The idea is one of priority. Keeping Christ first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all of these things. Well, what are all of these things when Jesus is kind of in that passage on the Sermon on the Mount or that text in the Sermon on the Mount where people are just kind of worried and they're kind of just kind of all in a little dip and he's just saying, calm down. It's kind of like Bob Marley. If you read verse 34, it's kind of like Bob Marley, you know, where Marley said, don't worry about a thing because every little thing is going to be all right. That's what he says in verse 34. Not Bob Marley, Jesus Christ. He says, but you seek first the kingdom of God. So what are some right priorities? Obviously, faith is. Let me give you three kinds of faith. There's saving faith. Saving faith. I've already alluded to it. You need to tell tell your children regularly, regularly, and your grandchildren regularly, how you came to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You need to share the story with them, how the day you got saved and what conviction felt like and the circumstances surrounding it and just what an incredible experience that was. But you also ought to have growing faith. Your children should see you grow so that they know how to grow in faith. Let me say that again. Your children need to see you grow in faith so they know what it is to grow in faith. The prayer of salvation is not the apex of your spiritual walk with Christ. It is the beginning point and you grow from there. And so let's let our children and our grandchildren, let's talk about what we're reading in the scriptures. Let's talk about seeking the Lord. Let's talk about making some of those hard decisions and hard choices so that we have this growing faith. And then we have to have a a trusting faith. That's that verse 34 that just follows 623. Or 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All of these things shall be added unto you. One of the things that I am acutely aware of after having spent a week with about 700 teenagers is that a lot of teenage boys are addicted to porn and a lot of teenage girls 
are addicted to cutting. I am told that after digging a little bit Friday afternoon and talking to a few folks and then on the way home just kind of doing some Google searches and things, that a lot of it swells up from insecurities. Oh, we, we know sin is the backdrop, I get that, but insecurities and anxiety. Listen, when you as a mom and a dad exhibit a trusting faith, Hey, listen, we're going to seek God first, and his promise to us is when we put him first, he takes care of us. Everything's going to be all right. Everything is just going to be. And so moms and dads, we have to lead out in this area of faith and put our faith to the test and say, you know what? We believe God, and if he is who he says he is, he's going to do what he says we will do. So therefore, we're just going to continue to follow Jesus Christ. Let me give you the last one. There's the landmark of a spiritual blessing. There's the landmark of the spiritual blessing. The Bible gives us plenty of spiritual blessings. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That's a great blessing that God has given to us. I think if you look at all of the different blessings from Abraham to when Christ blessed the children, I think you're going to see kind of five things that kind of run together. Let me throw them out to you. First of all, there's a meaningful and an appropriate touch. Man, there's hugging and kissing. Abraham would tell Isaac and Isaac would tell Jacob to come and give him a kiss. as a sign of affection. There's meaningful and appropriate touch. Just love on folks and hug them. You say, well, I'm not a hugger. Your child needs you to be a hugger. Hug them. High five them. Hip check them into the wall. Do something to let them know that you know that they're there and you value them. It's a meaningful and appropriate touch. The second is a spoken message. Man, this is really cool. They need to hear you audible audibly say what you think about them. Now, don't say privately what you think about them, but use your public... Speak to them. Because here's what happens. Teenagers and children will try to figure out where they stand with mom and dad, and they may have all the dots, but rarely do they connect the dots in the right pattern. And so you and I have to speak it. Every blessing that was given was spoken, and they knew it. From God to Abraham, and that Abrahamic covenant to the nation of Israel. I mean, everybody knew it. Then you got to attach a high value on the one being blessed. Then you have to picture a special future for him or her. This, this was so ingrained in the Jewish culture. I read a story about a young Jewish mom that when she would introduce her children, three and five, she would introduce her children, trying to give, help them understand this special future for him or her. She would introduce her daughter and say, this is my daughter, the doctor. Isn't that cool? This is my son, the lawyer. At three and five, she's already kind of instilling that in them instead of, well, you know, kind of whatever you want to be is... 
whatever you can be and just kind of however you find the way. I, I, part of the spiritual blessing is we help map out that way. And then you have an active commitment to fulfill the blessing. We're a part of the fulfillment of the blessing we give to our children. We're a part of the fulfillment of it. We don't just stand back and go, eh. So here's what I know. I know children are going to lose their way. I know they're going to face moments of temptation where they may make the wrong decision. And then what guards them, what keeps them centered is the landmarks we put down for them, the landmarks of priority, the landmarks of blessing.